right, good morning everybody. Thank you for joining us this morning here at Lighthouse Discipleship Center. My name is Dave Everett, and we're going to be continuing our teaching this morning on Everything is a Seed. This is part two, and so we'll just go ahead and jump right on in here in just a moment. Just so you know, all of our teachings are archived on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org, as well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And with all that said, let's go ahead and jump right in this morning. We're going to talk about the, how everything is a seed. I want to recap a little bit from last week. And I didn't quite finish last week's message, so I want to, want to recap a little bit, and then we'll continue on from last week. But, <coughs> excuse me, everything, we talked about last week, how everything operates under the principle of the seed. In other words, everything is potentially a seed. This is both true in the physical realm, and it's also true in the, in the spiritual realm, okay? The spiritual created the natural, okay? And so even the natural is all a manifestation of byproduct of what God spoke. We talked about how last week how God's word is a seed. And everything God's word spoke, that seed, the manifestation was done in the physical as well as the spiritual, okay? Everything's a seed. Our thoughts are a seed. Our, 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 our words are a seed. Our actions are a seed. Our, what we express, our body language, our, our, also our attitudes, our faith is a seed. That's also the things that we worry about, that we're, that we're fearful of. Our influence is a seed. We even talked about last week how even paying bills can be a seed. Giving can be a seed. Okay, what we hear are seeds that we receive. <coughs> See, it doesn't not only work for what we what we sow, but it also what we allow to be sown in our own hearts, the soil of our own hearts. And this works not only for the kingdom of God, but this also works for the power of darkness. The kingdom of God works out of the seed, but so does the power of darkness. It works out of seed. Everything is a seed. Okay, we can be having good fruits in our lives, or we can be having weeds in our lives. They all grow from seeds. Whether you're talking about an insect, uh, an animal, a human, a plant, uh, or just something psychological, mental, spiritual, physical, it all, everything is a seed. Everything is potentially a seed. Okay? It's how, the, again, it's how the kingdom of God works. It's how the, the, the power of darkness works. Every, and every seed carries within it the, the, the nature of its source. We read from Genesis 1 11 that then God said that the earth bring forth grass and herb that yields seed and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind and whose seed it in itself. So not only does every everything a seed, but within the fruit of every seed, within the fruit that comes from the seed, is more seed. Monkeys beget monkeys, ladybugs beget ladybugs. Okay? And that's just how it works. And every seed is within itself. And every seed carries within the nature of it its, of a source. And it produces to its own kind. Okay? So, and what do you do with seeds? We talked about last week. You plant them. You plant them so they can increase and multiply. And you get fruit from that. And within that fruit, you get more seeds so you can keep the process going over and over again. That's the, the positive results. But that can also happen in the negative results. 
if you worry, then you get the fruit of what you're worried about. But within that fruit is more seeds of more, more worry and more fear. If you sow seeds of, of sin and something that's wrong and evil, the fruit of that is going to give you more seeds so you can do more sin. That's all from a negative standpoint, but everything is a seed. It's how the kingdom of God works. It's also how the, king, the power of darkness works. It's, how, it's true in the physical realm, but it's also true in the spiritual realm. And the physical realm is a byproduct of the spiritual realm. Okay? What's the purpose of seeds? Again, to, to be fruitful and to multiply. Well, last, I want to re-look at some verses that we looked at last week. Excuse me, in Mark chapter 4, it says, And he said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground, and should sleep by night, and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. Okay, so the kingdom of God is like a man scattering seed, and that seed begins to sprout and grow. That's how the kingdom of God works. So when you understand understand seed, and yes, seed can be anything, bad or good, but when you understand how the kingdom of God works, we can use these principles to grow the kingdom of God, because the king, this is how the kingdom of God works. Okay? We also look at, at from Luke chapter 8, verse 11, this is taken from the parable of the sower, but Jesus said, his seed is God's word. <coughs> and you can find the parable of the sower in both Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and Jesus said that this is a parable of all parables. If you don't understand this parable, you don't understand any parables. And within this parable, the seed is the word of God. But one thing about the parable of the sower is, the seed is dependent on what kind of soil. Because in the parable of the sower, we have four different outcomes of the same seed. And it's also dependent on uh, the soil. If you go out and plant corn, that corn is only going to produce, even though the power is in the seed, but depending on what in the soil, the, the ground's not plowed up properly, and there's rocks and thorns and thistles, and there's weeds all over the place, and that ground's not plowed up, that corn, there's power within that seed to produce you a, 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 a cornfield, but there's only so many nutrients in that ground that if there's so many weeds and there's rocks and different things blocking the, 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 the nutrients from flowing, you're not going to have a harvest. And even the, the, the seed that, that produces 30, 60, 100 fold, there's still a different result depending on the nutrients and how that seed has been guarded. So your gardener can't make the seed grow. He doesn't know how. But what he can do Plow the ground, prepare the, prepare the soil, plant the seed, okay, it doesn't grow in the bucket, it doesn't grow, grow, it doesn't grow in, the, in the bag or, or on the envelope. <coughs> it has to be sown, but then it also needs to be watered and nurtured and sometimes fertilized and sometimes uh, the weeds need to be coming and need to be taken care of. But if you plow the ground properly and you water properly, uh, it, you shouldn't have a problem, okay. But everything in the kingdom of God works according to this principle of seed, time, and harvest. And the seed is God's word. Everything in, at the same point in time, the seed is God's word. 
And everything in our lives needs to be sown with the Word of God. Excuse me. Our minds need to be sown with the Word of God. Our bodies need to be sown with the Word of God. Our emotions, our actions, our expressions, our giving needs to be sown with the Word of God. Our faith, our attitudes, our trust, our influence, even our bills, and also what we hear. Not only has the, has the Word of God the seed, but in, the, in, in talking about the parable of the sower, Jesus said in Mark that we need to take heed what we hear, and in Luke he said take heed what, how you hear. We need to take heed what we are hearing as, and as well as how we are hearing it. Because everything's a seed. Just because you're giving seed doesn't mean it's God's word. It could be it could be a weed. It could be something else. But we need to take heed what we are allowing to be sown into our hearts, the soil of our hearts. See, that's the parable of the sower. There's four different kinds of soil. And you want a good harvest of a hundredfold. Okay? But you also need to take heed how you hear it. Just because you have a seed, if you're not watering that property, how do you how do you, the seed is God's word. But how do you water it? How do you, how do you water the seed? By God's word, you water it by the watering water of the word. <laughs> okay, and you know I, I'm not going to be hard for me to break that down for you completely. But at the same point in time, we need God's word. We need the we need the word of God to be sown in our hearts continually. It's not just a one-time thing. See, every seed you you take care of it differently. If you were to plant a garden, some seeds need more water than others. Some need more shade. Some need more sun. Some need more this. Some need more that. Well, the Word of God needs more Word. Okay? I was just talking with someone this morning on Facebook. But, you know, in Joshua 1.8, it says, Meditate on the, on the law day and night that you may have good success. It actually says, uh, uh, actually, I don't have that verse on the screen this morning. But it's, it's, it means to, to meditate and confess God's word day and night. Okay, that you might have good success. Well, why the law? Well, first of all, Joshua, that's all Joshua had. <laughs> Joshua only had the first five books of the Bible called the Pentateuch or the Torah. Okay, and also called the law. He didn't have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He didn't have the book of Romans yet. He didn't have these things. He didn't even have First Kings, Second Kings. He didn't have any of these books yet. He didn't have the book of Psalms and Proverbs. Those men who wrote those books that weren't alive yet. Okay? And so, he, he, all he had was a law. But he didn't say, read God's word day and night. He said, meditate and confess it. Confessing it means to mutter. It means to, to, to say it out loud. Speak it. Okay? Meditate. It takes time to meditate. So it's like a cow chewing his cud. Okay? And so, it, meditation takes work. Confessing takes work. Obviously, you can't meditate on something that you haven't read, and you can't confess something you haven't heard. So you, there's reading involved, but it's not just reading God's Word. It's meditating on it, and it's confessing it to have good success. If you're not having good success, then you're not doing what Joshua 1.8 says. Okay? If you're, 
the seed that you sowed on the ground, if it's not producing a hundredfold, then you're not doing what that seed requires for it to be for it to produce. That makes sense. If you're not getting the results what God ordained by His Word, that that seed is produced, then you're not doing what that seed requires for it to produce. It's not God's fault. You're not cooperating. Okay? And you have a part to play. He does, he does the work. He brings the increase. But we have to sow the seed. And we have to water that seed. And we need that seed to be in our, in our heart. We need to take heed what we hear. And we need to take heed how we are hearing it. See, our spirit man needs the continual influence of the word of God. It's how our lives are transformed. It's how our minds are renewed. It's how our bodies are healed. It's how our finances are increased. It's how the kingdom of God is expanded. In Matthew 13, 23, it says, But he who receives the seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirtyfold. This is the fourth type of soil that is talked about in the parable of the sower, according to Matthew's translation. It, the, the, he who receives the seed on the good ground is he who not only hears God's word, but he understands it. And those he who hears God's words and understands it bears fruit and produces some the, 160 and 30. Why the different, why the, the different categories? I believe it's it based on how much they are, how much of the words they're hearing and how much of it they are understanding. How much they are meditating and confessing God's word day and night. Day and night. Day and night means it's a continual influence. It's not a one night stand. It's day and night that you may have good success. Okay? So again, the soil is God's word, and we need to apply that principle in our hearts. In Matthew uh, 12, 35, it says in New Living Translation, it says, A good man produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. Okay? And so, <coughs> whether it's good seed or bad seed, it comes from the heart, from the soil. Okay? And the only way you're going to have a good person who produces good things is someone who has something treasured in their heart. That's good. And what is that? The Word of God. People who evil people who produce evil things are producing the same the same way. The same seed, not the same seed, but the same the seed works in the same way. But it's from the treasury of an evil heart. Everything works from the seed. Whether you have an a treasury of an evil heart, or you have the treasury of a good heart, it works the same way. It's just a different seed. Does that make sense? The kingdom of God and the power of darkness work the same way. Everything works from a seed. So what are you harvesting? If you don't like your harvest, then you need to change your seed. You need to change the treasury that's in your heart. What are you treasuring? Because the, what's going to be produced is what's in there. What seed is in your 
That's what you need the, the, the garden. That's what you need to, to the Bible says, um, um, guard your heart with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life. You need to guard, you need to garden that heart with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life. Okay? And so, what seeds are you sowing? Are you sowing seeds or are you sowing weed? I'm not talking about marijuana necessarily, okay? But what weeds are you sowing? Now, we're talking about every corner, every level of your lives. Because everything is a seed. <coughs> Even if you are just flat out lazy, what are you producing? Barrenness. If you're lazy doing nothing, you're going to produce barrenness. Everything's a seed. You do nothing, you're going to get nothing. You do something, you're going to get something. Everything's a seed. Even doing nothing is a seed. In that, in that sense of the word. You have a lazy attitude, you can produce lazy fruit. Okay? Which is barrenness. Everything we reap in life, it comes from a seed. Okay? Again, Genesis 1 11. And we yield fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself. Okay? This is, this is a powerful, awesome truth that can change and revolutionize your life in a good, powerful way. But this same truth can also destroy your life if you're sowing the wrong seeds. Okay? What's in the treasury of your heart? Okay, so let me skip ahead. I'm skipping through some of the review from last week. And I want to catch up to where I want to be. So with that in mind, let's go to Luke 17, 6. And it says, And so the Lord said, If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, Be pulled up by the roots and replanted in the sea, and it would obey you. This is kind of where we left off. We, we just spent some time with this. We're going to finish this thought, and then we're going to build on that. As I read some verses last week, but we kind of skimmed through those pretty fast. Okay, excuse me. So in Luke 17, 16, he says, So in other words, let me ask you a question. How do you plant a seed of faith? Because, uh, it says again, if you have faith, add a mustard seed. I don't think it's so, I was talking to Sherry last week, I don't think it's so much that it's a mustard seed, be that small. Even though you, you can run with that, and I, I, I don't have anything against that. I think, as Jesus was making the message, that's the seed that he had in his hand, and that's something he was able to point to. Okay, it could be any any type of seed. <coughs> but as long as you have faith, and, and that's a whole other message, according to Romans 12.3, we all have the same measure of faith. Okay, we all have the same measure of faith, just like a baby has all the same muscles you do. They just haven't exercised them yet. They haven't developed them yet. Okay? Every baby has all the same muscles that you do. To walk, to talk, to crawl, and to do different things. Every great athlete had all the same muscles they have now 
that they did when they were a baby. Just over time, they grew and matured, and they exercised them, and they developed those muscles to become the good athlete that they have become. Okay? And so, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it will be. So how do you plant seeds of faith? You plant seeds of faith by what you say. you got to open that mouth. And, you get, and by opening that mouth, you begin to plant something. We already established the fact that you can't plant a harvest if the seed is still in the bag or the bucket. Okay? you got to plant the seed. And if you, if you have faith as a mustard seed... If you say to the mulberry bush that is sowing, how did God how did God create the world? World, He said, "Let there be light. Let there be plant. Let there be a mulberry bush. Let there be a mustard tree." He said it. He didn't just think it into being. He didn't just perceive it into being. He didn't just know it could exist. God spoke. And we can speak, and we can speak. God gave us authority to speak to a mulberry bush. For example, this is just an example. To be pulled up by the roots, be planted in the sea, and it will obey you. God told that mulberry bush, and this is just an example, to obey the things that you say. But there has to be faith, faith behind it. We're talking about, right now in this context, we're talking about the seed of faith. How does the seed of faith work? It works by what you say. Faith without actions is death. And one of the main actions of faith is what you say. There are other actions of faith, but this is one of the main ones by what you say. Okay? Our words of faith must be sown to read the promise of God. That's how the kingdom of God works. Okay? The kingdom of God works by what we say. What we say is powerful. We already, we, you know, we already established the fact that our, um, the treasury of man's heart, they sow, they produce good seed, or a good harvest, or a bad one. Whether they have a good treasury or an evil treasury. Jesus also said, out of the abundance of the heart, the treasury of the heart, the mouth speaks. Okay? And so, that's how the kingdom of God works. It's also how the kingdom of darkness works. But I want to build on this concept with several verses by what we say. First one is from 2 Corinthians 1.20. It says, For all the promises of God, that's God's word, God's word is a seed, in him are yes, and in him are amen. All the promises of God are destined to be yes, and are destined to be amen. That means so be it. To the glory of God, through what? Through us. Through what we say. Through what we do. Through how we so, God's promises. Are you with me? 
This same concept is found in Peter. Man has his divine power as given. God has already given us divine power. To us all things that pertain to life and godliness. You are through God's divine power, He's already given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. What's godliness? Living godlike. Okay? Everything you need to live and be godly, God's already given you that. And through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which we have been given, he's repeating himself, to us exceeding great and precious promises. God has already given us great and precious promises. All the promises of God are yes and amen. And God has already given us great and precious promises that through these, through these promises that are already yes and amen, you may be partakers, that's the fruit, of the divine nature. His divine nature is also divine power. Have escaped the corruption that is in the world through us. Through these promises, God's word, we are to be partakers of his divine nature. We've already been given that promise. We've already been given that seed. And these promises are produced through us. We've been given to them. We've been given seed. The seed of God's word. The seed of God's promises. And we, it's through these. It's through these promises. We are to be partakers. That's the fruit. This is the seed. This is the sowing. The precious promises are the seed. Sowing that we might be partakers of the divine nature. I don't know if you follow my coloring code with this particular message, but the green is the fruit. The dark orange brownish color is the sowing, and the pinkish color is the seed. That's what I've been doing through this whole message. The other colors are just me highlighting some things, okay? Let's look at another one, Proverbs 18:20. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth, from the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. Okay? See, the promises of God are activated by the seed of faith. Our words are the fruit, the seed of our mouth, of our lips. Let's look at another one, Luke 6.45. A good man out of the good treasure, we just kind of read this, but we read this from Matthew's point of view. Matthew is hard, brings forth good, <coughs> and the evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. Okay? For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. We already read this from Matthew from the New Living Translation earlier. But when we read from Luke's translation, Luke's uh, point of view, and we're reading it from the New King James here, but as out of the, the treasury of the heart, of his heart, brings forth whether it be good fruit or evil fruit. And in the same context, the very next verse is where this phrase, for out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Speaking's involved. That's one of the main ways that we sow seed 
And that's one of the main ways that we hear that we receive seed. We hear someone else speak it, and we either receive that seed, and it gets sown in our hearts, whether it's a pastor, whether it's on Facebook, if someone else sows a seed, we hear it. Take heed what you hear. Take heed how you hear it. And there's some things that are in your heart that don't need to be there, but they've been in there because someone spoke them and you received it. You ever notice that when you plant a garden, weeds pop up and you didn't plant those? Some birds and some bees, and sometimes even just the wind, put those seeds in your field. Okay? We need to take heed what we allow to grow in our garden. Our call our heart. And out of the good treasure, or out of the evil treasure, your heart will produce whatever seeds there. Whether it's good seed or whether it's weed. Because out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth will speak. What's in your heart? I know what's in your heart by what you're speaking. It doesn't take long. You know, there's one guy several years ago I was praying for. And I met well. But after a period of time, he, he, had, he had a lot of, lot, lot of illnesses and things that he was going through. And I was trying to minister to him over time and allowing him to believe and whatever and, and minister to him. And at one particular time, you know, this is after several times of us, us, you know, us talking. One day he was just going on and on and on and on about how bad things were in his body. And this was not the first conversation we've had. We've had many, many, many others prior to. And I finally just challenged him on it. I said, you know, I said, I said, brother, you know, in the last half hour. You have not said one thing from God's word. You have not stood on one promise from God's word. Because, again, going back to here, it's from these precious promises that we partake of his divine nature. I said, I don't hear, and out of the abundance of your heart, I'm not hearing the word of God at all. I'm hearing this, and this is happening to my body, this is happening to my body. Those might be the facts. Those might be the weeds. But that's not the seed of God's word. And that's what you're mowing over. That's what you're meditating on. That's what you're confessing day and night. It's all the junk in your life because of this illness. I'm not trying to pick on you. I'm not trying to be mean to you. I'm trying to help you. And you need to start changing what you say. You need to start saying to the sickness, be cast into the sea, and it will bear you. Instead of speaking faith, you're speaking everything but faith. You're speaking worry and fear and, and torment and sickness. You're magnifying glorifying your sickness, you have not once said anything about God and how 
by his stripes you were healed. I've never heard you once stand on that promise. Because that, as much as I'm trying to help you, that is not what's in your heart. The sickness is so long in your heart. And I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be uh, have no sympathy and empathy for my friend. But folks, and some of you on Facebook, I see your posts day and night. It's nothing but about murmuring, complaining about so-and-so and this and that. When are you going to magnify Jesus? When are you going to sow his precious promises? When is good going to come out of your heart? Yes, there might be a lot of evil in our world, but when are you going to sow good seeds? And when are you going to have a good harvest? And I can tell what's in your heart by what you're saying. Because it will come out. It might come camouflaged and sugar-coated. Okay? But it has nothing but thorns and thistles. Hopefully I'm making sense with this. Okay? Let me catch up with myself here. So we are in Luke, Luke 6.45. See, every fruit carries seed. Again, every seed... Every fruit carries seed. And sometimes the more that we mull things over, the more that we speak about the negative and different things, that thing just continues to grow. And it grows more, more problems. Instead of having one sickness, now we have several sicknesses. Or we have several issues. Financially, or relationally, or whatever the case may be. Okay? The abundant light is the fruit of the seed of righteousness. So let's go back to this verse. Uh, back to where I want to go to. Um, okay. Well, how I many you know we're supposed to be we're supposed to be experiencing the abundant life, and it is first it is the fruit of the seed of righteousness. It's being sown by our words. Let's look at some more verses here. Second Corinthians four, and since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written. I believe and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. Because what you believe is what you're speaking. Okay? We have the same spirit of faith as the, the patriarchs and, and, the, and the heroes of faith in the Bible. But we have the same spirit of faith, but what are we speaking? Are we speaking the same things they spoke? Okay? What? If we have the spirit of faith, we need to be speaking what we believe. Well, I believe that, Pastor Dave. Yeah, but everything you're saying is contrary to that. Out of the abundance of your heart, you're speaking something different. Speak what you believe. Well, I don't see it yet. It doesn't work that way. You, uh, uh, a farmer doesn't sow potatoes because he hasn't seen potatoes yet. He sows potatoes to get potatoes. In his mind, he sees a whole harvest of potatoes. That's why he sowed it. He budgeted everything, how much potatoes he thought he was going to get so that he can pay off, pay back the seed that he, he, he more likely purchased to sow the seed. He made an investment to get the seed 
so he could produce more potatoes. Again, it might work a little differently. A farmer has been around for a while. He might have saved some of the seed that he's already gotten. He might have got some more. I don't know how, you know, anyway. My point is that we speak what we believe. We don't speak it when we see it. We speak it because we believe it, and we will then have the harvest of what we believe and what we speak. Am I making sense? Let's look at another one, Proverbs 10, 11. The mouth of the righteous is a well of life, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. There, again, I'm talking about the mouth. I'm talking about what we are, are speaking. What we speak is how we so see. For the righteous is a well of life. But for the wicked is violence. Violence is the fruit of the mouth of the wicked. But the well of life is the fruit of the mouth of the righteous. Let's look at another one. Proverbs 10.21. 10 verses later. The lips of the righteous feed many. But fools die for lack of wisdom. There's many more verses that we could talk about along these lines, but we need to allow our righteousness to speak and satisfy the fruit of our mouth. Now let's uh, go on some new territory that we didn't go to last week, and I want to talk, talk about the seed. I want to talk brief, briefly real here, here about the seed of giving. We might spend more time with this. Later on in the series, I'm not sure. It's not really my focus on uh, giving, even though giving is a seed. Everything's a seed. But I want to shine some light on this, even though this is not the main scope of what I'm getting at in this particular teaching. Hopefully that makes sense. In 2 Corinthians 9, it says, verse 6, it says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully also be bountifully. What does that mean? If you sow a lot of seed, you're going to get a lot of harvest. If you sow a little seed, you're going to get a little harvest. Well, how come I didn't get a big harvest? How much did you sow? Just a pinch. Well, you're just going to get a pinch back. If you want a lot of harvest, you're going to have to plant a lot of seed. It's just how that works. Okay? This works, again, this is a natural principle, but this is also a spiritual principle. This can also be financial. If you sow, if you sow a lot into your giving, because in the context here, Paul's talking about finances. Some will argue, well, he's not talking about finances. That's a that's a, that's that's a very false witness to the word of God. Because if you take a text out of its context, you will be left with a con. The, the context here is started back in Second Corinthians chapter seven, where in Second Corinthians nine, for three chapters, he's been talking about finances, and then we. We, some religious people come around and say he's not talking about finance. That's a life in the pit of hell. That's bearing, wit that's bearing false witness 
to the Word of God because the context is talking about finances. And for you to take one verse, and, and in, in many ways you'll take several verses and create a whole other context, you just lied to the Holy Spirit. To the Word of God. Gotta get off that soapbox. Okay? We reap according to what is sown. Same principle here. What's sown? Seed, yes. In context, finances. But some is sown sparingly, being chintzy, and the other one is being bountiful. Okay? One is a little, one is a lot. Okay? So, I made a comment. You can tell what you've been sowing based on your harvest. I know if I come to your crop or to your heart field and you have potatoes, I know that I know that I know that you didn't sow strawberries. How do I know that you didn't sow strawberries? Because potatoes are growing. Okay? You don't sow strawberries and get potatoes. You don't sow corn and get cucumbers. It doesn't work that way. Okay? You just reap what you sow. You also reap how much you sow. I can tell whether you you were you were chintzy with your sowing based on your harvest. Some of you you're struggling financially. Because your income is chintzy. It's sparingly. That means you need, if you want a bountiful harvest, you need to increase your sowing. You're saying, well, I just, you just want to get more money from me, Pastor Dick. I didn't say anything about sowing to me. But now you're very false witness to what I'm saying. Okay? I'm not talking about supporting our ministry, even though we would appreciate that, and I believe that would be a good thing. I'm not talking about that. Okay? And so, we reap according to what we sow, and we reap according to how much we sow. Okay? God's responsibility is to give me more seed. And to give seed to the sower. Because he says in 10, verse 10, Now he who supplies, that's God, Seed to the sower and bread for the food. Supply and multiply the seed you have sown. And increase the fruits of your righteousness. God will supply seed to the sower. <coughs> well, how come God's not giving me any seed? Are you sowing seed? No. Well, you're not a sower. In order to be a sower, you have to sow. Okay, I, but I did sow, Pastor Dave. Well, did you sow sparingly or did you sow bountifully? Okay, but it says, He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown. He's going to multiply the seed that you have sown. 
He didn't say he's going to multiply the seed that you will sow. He didn't say that he'll multiply the seed that you thought about selling. He didn't say that he'll multiply the seed that you would like to sow. The, the seed that you have sowed. Well, about five, ten years ago, I sowed some seed. A farmer doesn't sow seed one time in his lifetime and expect to harvest every year out there after. You have to sow and reap and sow and reap. It's called seed, time, and harvest. And that cycle is repeated over and over. If you're going to be a good farmer, if you're going to have a harvest every season or every year, you're going to have to repeat the process every year. You can't expect to get a harvest from a harvest from something you sowed five years ago. I get that a fruit tree will produce over and over again versus vegetables where you have to produce you have to sow and reap them every year. So I get every seed according to its kind. But also to get that fruit tree and that produces over and over again. A fruit tree doesn't produce anything the first year. Sometimes it takes five years, or it's eight years, or more. But even then, that fruit tree has to be pruned. There's taking care of that fruit tree. And there's different rules of the game. Every seed according to its kind. But there's sowing somewhere, and there's pruning, and there's work involved. God brings the increase. He, he supplies the seed. But we have a part to play, and that's sowing. God, you know, if you will get addicted to giving, God will support your habit. If you will be addicted to giving, God will support your habit. That's what this verse is saying. Okay. Another picture thing I'm trying to come across right now, again, I'm not focusing on giving so much, even though we will be talking about that from time to time. We're talking about it right now in this segment of my teaching. But these verses that I just read here in Corinthians speak of incredible opportunity for the children of the living God. God is a God of increase. God is a God of bounty. Abundance. But we have to cooperate with how seeds work if we want a bountiful and harvest of fruits. This, when we understand this, and when we understand this principle of seed and giving, right now we're talking about giving, the seed of giving, it's a kingdom principle. It might not be the economy of how the economy works in your country or in this country. But it is how the economy works in God's kingdom. Okay. It's also the same principle that we're talking about. Everything is a seed. It's also how redemption is harvested. If I can put it that way. See, His grace has made seed available, meaning Jesus. And uh, I'll build on that. Okay. Um, well, let me get there. I, I got a little ahead of myself. 
In Luke 6, 38, it says, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, combining number with, will put to your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured to you. I want, I want, I, I, I want, I, I got, like I said, I got ahead of myself. I'll come back to the thought, the thought I just made in this moment. But, this is continuing on with Corinthians. Whenever we sow bountifully, let me go back real quick. If we sow sparingly, we'll reap sparingly. If we sow bountifully, we'll reap bountifully. He will give seed to the sower. That's by, by multiplied seed you have sown. And increase the fruits of your righteousness. Okay. He also says in Luke, give and it will be given to you. You have to sow to get more. For him, the sower, to apply seeds, you have to be a sower. That's what he gets. He says, a sower, give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be put into your bosom. Seed will be put into your heart, will be put into your bosom by God. But with the same measure that you use it. What measure? Well, if you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. Same measure. If you sow mouthly, you'll also reap mouthly. It's the same measure. Okay? And so, the same measure that you use it. What do you use seed for? The plant. I understand there's some seeds, like sunflower seeds, you can eat them. But if you are trying to have a harvest of sunflowers, you don't want to eat all your seeds. Okay? That's why he says here, he gives seeds to the sower and bread for the food. Because you can eat some of the, your harvests. But you don't want to eat all of your harvest. You want some of that seed to be sown. But you have to use it. Well, what do you use seeds for? What do you use seeds for? Because I use them to plant. And expect to harvest. Okay, some seeds, again, like sunflower seeds, you can eat them. I've never seen someone chewing on avocado seed yet. And so there's some other seeds out there. I just have not seen people... You know, just pop them in there like popcorn. Okay? But you use seeds. Seeds are pretty. They can be. But they don't, they're not useful on the shelf. I get some seeds. You need to let them dry out and different things of that nature. Okay? There's a, there's a protocol for some of that stuff. But in the end, you need to use it. And with the same measure that you use it, it will be measured back to you. Okay? Now, I made a comment here that how the kingdom of God works, but it's also God's plan of redemption. This is the whole idea of everything is a seed. Because just as the word of God is a seed, and just as the kingdom of God works as a seed, and yes, there's a principle of, of the seed of faith, and there's a principle of the seed of giving, which I touched on, and we will expound on some of those as we continue to grow in this teaching. But Jesus is also a seed. Jesus sowed a seed himself to reap us. He's the firstborn of many brethren. We are the children, the seed of God. Okay? In John 12, Jesus answered them and said, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I said to you, unless a grain of wheat 
falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone, but if it dies, it produces much grain. He's talking about himself. Now, he's talking about him going to the cross. Okay. He's talking about the Son of Man should die. And with that, he makes an analogy of unless a grain of wheat falls in the ground, he's talking about himself and dies. It remains alone. If a seed is just on the shelf, if it's not used, it's just alone. But if it's put into the ground, dies, it produces much grain. He's talking about himself. He's talking about the cross. He's talking about the resurrection of the cross. Jesus is a seed to be sown. We can take this a couple different ways. <coughs> Jesus has already been put into the ground and died. <coughs> and produced us, excuse me. But we also have Jesus ourselves. And we can use Jesus. We can sow Jesus into other people's lives. We can sow Jesus into our marriages. We can sow Jesus into our finances. We can sow Jesus into our bodies. Okay? And we can produce much grain, much life. See, Jesus is a seed that was sown through the cross, the finished work of the cross. And it's the fruit of the kingdom of God. And we, you and I, are the harvest of Jesus being put to the ground and dying. And he rose again. We are born again according to the principle of sowing and reaping. This whole idea of everything the seeds, this whole idea of sowing and reaping is a natural principle, but it's a very spiritual principle. Him going to the cross was a very natural thing. But at the same point in time, it was a very spiritual thing. It was it was the cornerstone of all cornerstones. That Jesus, through the finished work of the cross, he made captivity captive. He conquered everything. Our redemption and everything that goes with that. In Matthew 13, 38, the field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, but the tares mean the weeds. Are the sons of the wicked one. And he's speaking in context here of humanity, the world. But he's saying the children of the kingdom of God are good. And the children of the wicked one are bad. But both the good seeds and the tares came from seeds that were sown. Are you following me so far? Okay, I'm bouncing around a little bit, but I'm, I'm getting to where I'm going. Okay. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. The tares are the sons of the wicked one. Okay. They're both seeds. They're both harvests of seeds. Someone sowed the good seeds. Someone sowed the tares. Okay, they didn't just show up. Woo, wow. 
No, something was soft. God ended his creation on the sixth day. He rested from that creation because it was done. It was finished on the seventh day. The only other thing God created after the sixth day was Jesus Christ from a different type of seed. And you and I have been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed by the word of God. Okay, and that's, been a, that's a miracle. You and I were grafted into Christ. But one thing that's being said in all these verses that I'm trying to read right now is that you and I, we are seeds. Everything's a seed. Even you and even me are seeds. We are either seeds of the kingdom of God or we are seeds according to the wicked one. Are you, are you listening? You and I are seeds. And there's only two categories. You and me are either seeds of sons, seeds of the kingdom, are we of sons, seeds of the wicked one? There's only two camps. There's not a third. Okay? And we are seeds destined to bear fruit. Because what do you do with a seed? You sow it to produce a harvest. You don't just have seeds and say, look, that's the seeds I got. But if you don't do anything with those seeds, those seeds have no value. Okay. Seeds are destined to be sown so they can be harvested, so they can produce more seeds. You and I are sons of the kingdom, sons and daughters of the kingdom of God. We're children of God, but we are sons. And how many know it's the, I like the word sons, even though we're not picking on the ladies, talk about mankind, okay? But it's the male that carries the seed. And we are, we have in us the seed, the incorruptible seed of God. Because we are sons of the kingdom. And we are to be sons into the world. To produce more people, more sons and daughters in the kingdom of God. Are you following me? Every fruit contains more seeds. We've established that from Genesis 1-11. Every seed contains more seeds. <coughs> See, once we understand how the kingdom of God works, let me say, let me back up just a moment. Once we understand, I've been talking about a lot of different things. How everything's a seed. Talk about the seed of faith. Talk about seed of giving. I talk about Jesus being the seed, and I can expand on more all of these things and more. And we will expand on some of these things as we go forward with this teaching. But right now, I'm just trying to lay out the groundwork. Last week and this week, that everything's a seed. Whether it's physical or spiritual, whether it's for the kingdom of God, whether it's for the sons of the wicked one, everything's a seed. Okay? But when we understand how the kingdom of God works, and it works like a seed, if we can understand that, if we can comprehend, how the kingdom of God works like a seed. It is easy to move into God's way of doing things. Because once you understand 
how the kingdom of God works. It works like a seed. You can understand how to, to cooperate and yield to God's way of doing things. Because if you don't understand how the kingdom of God works like a seed, you will always be frustrated when it doesn't seem to be working out the way the Word of God says it's supposed to work out. But when you understand how the kingdom of God works and it works like a seed, it is easy to move into God's way of doing things. When you understand how the kingdom of God works and it works like a seed, it will be easy for you to understand that every thought is a seed, every word is a seed, Every action is a seed. Everything is a seed. It will be easy for you to cooperate with your thoughts, words, and actions and more. And seeing the kingdom of God flourish in your lives. This is powerful, folks. This is how God created everything. By seed, he spoke it. This is how God created Jesus. He spoke Jesus unto the woman Mary. And she received it, let it be to be according to your word. It's a parable of all parables. If you don't understand this parable, you can't understand any of the parables. It's how the kingdom of God works. Yes, it's how the kingdom of darkness works too, but we are talking about the kingdom of God, obviously. It works in giving, it works in finances, it works if you want to replant your mulberry bush, it works in every which way. We should be flourishing in the kingdom of God. <coughs> it's how Elijah did miracles, it's how Elisha did miracles, it's how many people did miracles in the Old Testament and New Testament. Because I understand how the kingdom of God works. Everything is a seed. And every seed reproduces according to its kind. We can see great increase in our lives if we understand how the kingdom of God works. That it works like a seed. If we normally activate the power of the seed principle, we will do exploits in his name. You hear what I just said? If we knowingly activate the power of the seed principle, we will do exploits in his name. Sowing is giving something you have to harvest something God promised. I want to say that again. Sowing is giving something you have to harvest something God promised. See, a farmer sows the seeds he has to reap the harvest that lives within the seed. The harvest isn't the seed, but he sows what he has to reap the harvest. You can count how many seeds are in an apple, but you can't count how many apples are in a seed. I'm going to go back to finances just for a moment. 
really not Jason and Franklin, just this whole concept of sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping is one of the clearest teachings in the Word of God. It works physical and it works spiritual. It works for the kingdom of God and it works for the power of darkness. Sowing and reaping is one of the clearest teachings in the Word of God. Because nothing in the natural and nothing in the spiritual works any other way. Everything in all kingdoms, natural and spiritual, work under this principle of a seed. This is powerful. It's a natural law. It's a law. See, one thing about a natural law, you don't get to vote. You don't get to vote whether gravity works or not. You don't get to vote whether uh, the Kenosha or um, this the law of motion. Um, anyway, I don't know if it's Kenosha or Genosha. But anyway, um, I look at my wife, but she had a brain freezer. Um, you know, the law of thermodynamics. Kenosha. Okay, hopefully you heard of that. Okay. Spiritual laws. You don't get the vote. They work. See, laws, natural laws, spiritual laws, they work for everybody, everywhere, every time. They don't know how to respect their persons. They, you just have, if you don't cooperate with the law of gravity, you could die. Sowing and reaping is a law. It's a natural law. It's a spiritual law. It works for everybody, everywhere, every time. If you're not getting the harvest, you are not cooperating with the law of sowing and reaping. Okay. The natural law of sowing and reaping is a manifestation of the spiritual law that sustains it. For example, Hebrews 11. If by faith we understand that the world's were framed <coughs> by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. That's pretty deep if you think about it. The world's were framed. That's the world, the earth. By the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are. The natural law is manifestation of the spiritual law that sustains it. In Galatians 3.16 it says, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say that to his seed, plural, as of many, but as one, and to your seed, who is Christ. And now I'm going back to Jesus as a seed. Okay? And God said to Abraham to see, being certain where the promises made. These precious promises, through these we can be partakers of God's divine nature. All the promises of God are yes and amen to the glory of God through us or by us. All the promises were made to Jesus Christ. And according to Paul, if we are of Christ then we are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now I'm going to bounce back to the, the, the whole idea of giving. See, I'm bouncing back a little bit like a ping pong ball. Okay? A little, a little more like a pinball machine. I'm going back and forth between the bumpers. Okay? See, giving 
is the nature of God. See, God is love. 1 John 4, 16. 1 John 4, uh, uh, 18, I believe it is. God is love. And love, agape, now I'm not talking about the world calls love is love, that's not, there's different kinds of love. Baleo, eros, it's not agape. Agape is agape. People want to use English to make some, some uh, antichrist teaching out there. Some philosophy. Agape, I'm going to speak Greek to you. Agape is agape. And God, Theos, is agape. Okay, anyway. God is love, and love, agape, gives. If it's not give, if, if, if you can't have agape and not give. If you don't understand that, you need to read 1 Corinthians chapter 13 called the agape chapter. Love gives. Okay? And God, who is love, gave his son. Why did he give his son? Because he didn't just want a son, he wanted a family. He sowed his son to reap you and I so that he could have a family called the family of God. The church of Jesus Christ. He gave his son to reap you and I. And again, there's no seed, there's no Harvest if there's no seed sown. Hopefully I'm making sense with that. I bounced back a little bit there. But see, let, let, let me look let's look at this uh, um, we're wrapping up here. I only have a few minutes before I'm done. But a few examples of scripture of how sowing and reaping works. Elijah demanded food and water from the widow. Her offering of food and water was a seed that opened the door for her, her and her son's survival. Jesus received the bread and the fish from the boy that was seed to feed the multitudes. That was the harvest in that situation. Again, it says in Luke, give and it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, be put to your bosom, or with the same measure you use it, we measure back to you. God heard the prayers of Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. He sent an angel to change his destiny. His prayers were the seed. The harvest was the angel that God sent to Peter to bring the gospel to Cornelius and us. Paul Encouraged triple giving. He explained how much, how how such would unleash all grace, and he gives givers would have an abundance for every good deed. For example, here in Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse beginning verse six, by saying, "I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly; he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully." We read that. The next verse says, "So let each one." Give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. 
goes on to say, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. As it's written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown, increase the fruit of your righteousness, while you are enriched in everything and all liberality, which causes thanksgiving to us to God. God gives, giveth would have abundance to every good deeds. There's a lot here, but anyway, one of the main points I want to make here is that Paul will encourage cheerful giving, but he explains how much, how such would unleash all grace being abounded to you. And we're going to spend some more time with this passage in the weeks to come. But I want to say this for now, as we are kind of closing out this part two. We'll come back with some of this next week, but your seed is a door to your destiny. Your seed is a door to your destiny. Because everything is a seed. Every thought, every word, every action, we are resources. And all can be sown in the kingdom of God. Your thoughts can be sown in the kingdom of God. Your words can be sown in the kingdom of God. Your actions can be sown in the kingdom of God. Your resources can be sown in the kingdom of God. And they can multiply according to their kind. Your resources can multiply according to its kind. Your finances can multiply according to its kind. Your thoughts, your actions, your words can multiply according to its kind. Everything is a seed. And all can be sown in the kingdom of God and be multiplied according to the kind. Your confession of Jesus was a seed that forever changed your life. Okay? It didn't just change. There was a starting point. There was an entry point. But as you continue to confess Jesus in your life, it will change every life. I confess Jesus over my finances. I confess Jesus over my body. I confess Jesus over my marriage and other relationships. I want the continual flow of God's grace in those areas. Grace flow, see, grace flows from the principle of the seed. And we'll spend more time with that uh, in, the, in the following weeks. Future provisions. You, need, you don't just need provision now. You need provision in the future, too. Future provision is found in the seed of our thoughts today. In the seed of our thought, words, and actions today, our attitudes, our resources. We're not just harvesting for today, we're harvesting to get more seeds so we have more harvest in the future. It's a continuous cycle. When God created the heavens and earth, he didn't keep creating trees and plants. No, he told Adam, he told man, you be fruitful and multiply. He said, he said and again, Genesis 1-11, every seed produces according to its kind. It's our job to reproduce. He's the one that created to begin with. And he destined every seed, every seed, to produce according to his God. Increase design into every seed. And so therefore we need to be intentional in our sowing. Now I understand the idea of scattering seed. But in certain places, according to the parable of the story, you don't want to scatter seed. 
it's not going to produce anything. <coughs> Even a farmer knows you got to plow the ground and you want to find it on good soil. You need to be intentional in how you sow. You need to be intentional in your finances. You need to be intentional with Jesus. You need to be intentional with your faith. You need to be intentional with your thoughts. You need to be intentional with your words and your actions and your resources. Everything's a seed. <coughs> if you're not intentional with it, you can produce a bunch of weeds real quick. Okay. I want to end with this verse. But it says in Galatians 6, 7, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever, for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. We're going to come back next week and we'll look at some things, but I want to end with this verse today. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Okay? Everything's a seed. But everything produces according to his kind. Whatever a man sows, he will reap. You know that it says in James 3.16 When there's envy and strife, there is every evil work. Is there strife in your marriage? Is there strife in your thoughts where you can't sleep at night? You can't function? Is there envy and strife? Because everything is a seed, and whatever a man sows, he will also reap. If you're sowing sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. If you reap so bountifully, you're going to reap bountifully. Some of you are, I don't know why you are, but you're surprised at the harvest that's in your fields. The fact that you're surprised is telling me that you've been deceived. If we don't think that if we give, it will be given back to us, we are deceived and we are mocking God regarding giving. If we don't believe that we are born again based on uh, the, corruptible seed of God, the incorruptible seed of God's word through Jesus, we're deceived and God is mocked. If we don't believe that my God shall supply my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus, and he said that in Philippians 4.19, in the, in, the, in the context of the Philippian church being the only church that supported Paul. So that, that promise he didn't make to other churches. He made that church the only church who supported Paul. So he's talking about giving. And if we don't think that God will supply my needs according to his riches, glory to Christ Jesus, we give and support his ministers today. We are deceived and we are mocking God. If we, if we are sowing discord in the church, in our families, and havoc, and disunity, and mockery, we are deceived and mocking God, because whatever a man sows, he will reap. I can go on and on and on and on with this. But this whole concept, everything is a seed, whether it be natural or spiritual, whether it be of God or whether it be of the devil. Everything is a seed. If you are not cooperating with that in your mind, you are deceived and you are mocking God. I'm not saying that to hurt you, I'm saying that to wake you up. Everything is a seed. And there's some seeds we need to pluck out of our lives, and there's some seeds that we need to plant, and we need to plant bountifully. 
We need to start planning intentionally. Stop mocking God. Stop being deceived. And start believing that whatever you sow, you will also reap. You'll reap what you sow, and you'll reap how much you sow. Take heed what you hear. Take heed how you hear it. Hopefully I'm making sense this morning. Because we're talking about how everything is a seed. And we will be expounding on this more in the weeks to come. I hope this has blessed you, ministered to you. What I'm talking about right now is very powerful. It's very powerful in the kingdom of God. It's also very powerful in the power of darkness if we are cooperating with the wrong kingdom. Because don't be deceived. God is our mock. Whatever you sow, Let's do this. Let's take this principle. And let's use it for the good. This is powerful. This will revolutionize your life if you take heed to what I'm saying this morning. God bless you. Make it a great and prosperous week. Amen.